Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulchandani. And I'm Heather Michaelgard. Welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. Due to COVID, we are not recording in the studio and apologize for any poor audio or technical glitches. As soon as it is safe, we will have our guests with us in the studio. Until then, stay healthy and wear a mask. Well, hello and welcome to The M Word. My name is Jennifer Mulchandani. And I'm Heather Michaelgard. And we are coming to you from Arlington Strategy in Arlington, Virginia. Today's guest is Eric Stern from Casual Adventure. Eric is a fourth generation owner of the store with deep roots in the Arlington community. Our Casual Adventure has um, been a lot of things over the years from a uh, grocery store to an Army Navy surplus store and has now become the area's most iconic mountaineering and adventure outfitter. Casual Adventure is the epitome of community service and business longevity in Arlington and also a fellow uh, best business uh, awardee from the Arlington Chamber of Commerce um, this past year. Uh, And um, we're very glad to have you here today, Eric. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And whoever wrote that introduction, you're hired. <laughs> well, to, to, to kick us off, why don't you please uh, just tell us a little bit about your role at Casual Adventure, how how your responsibilities in terms of marketing, and um, just set the stage for our listeners. Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, we are a fourth generation family owned and operated uh, outdoor and adventure store. Uh, We've been through many iterations over the years. Started by my great grandfather back in the 40s as a district grocery store. Um, My grandfather, who fought World War II, uh, helped transition it to Army Navy surplus, which was sort of the first generation of outdoor uh, camping equipment. Uh, my dad was here for about 30 years and uh, sort of went from that Army-Navy surplus more towards the outdoor goods that we have now. Um, and then I've been here about 20 years and have added sporting goods to the mix as well. So um, I am here just about all day, every day, and love seeing customers walk through the doors or be able to interact uh, through social media or online platforms like this. Uh, as far as marketing goes, uh, we've got a great staff, uh, and as a small biz, everybody helps out with everything. So uh, every Instagram post you see, every Twitter feed response, uh, every uh, reply to an email, uh, that's one of the staff that's here on site. So um, sort of a jack of all trades and hopefully master of some. Um, but uh, you know, the, our, our constant challenge, I think, in this particular area is reaching an ever-changing audience. Uh, DC metro area tends to change over from um, everything from uh, government to tech to state department every couple of years. And so while we have had many customers for decades, uh, our challenge is always getting the word out to new customers and introducing our store to them. So uh, that's where we look to places like Onto Strategy to help uh, you know, formulate some ideas and uh, you know, re-engage and interact with everybody on a continuous basis. Great. Eric, before the show, you had talked to us about uh, marketing and that you appreciate it. What is it about marketing that you appreciate? Um, and you're glad it's not your sole job, but you know, what is it, what components of it do you appreciate the most? Sure. So um, marketing is obviously a representation. It's how um, you know, our store presents itself. 
through various media, be it uh, print ads, TV, social media. Um, it's, uh, again, it, it, people's either first impression or continued impression of us until they walk into the store or as they continue to walk through the store. Um, so I appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, it, it's a way that we can put ourselves in our best light. Uh, sometimes we have a lot of time to consider how we present ourselves. And other times, like with social media, it may just be a uh, quick snap of the, uh, the fingers and um, uh, you know, story that we want to put out there for people. Um, I, I am glad that it is not my sole responsibility because it does take a lot of time and effort. And uh, we are constantly talking with other customers uh, about how they use their marketing ploys. Um, and uh, it is ever-changing. So uh, I feel like we are constantly uh, you know, reading and analyzing uh, data, interviewing other customers, other stores to figure out um, not just what are the uh, best platforms to be on in this particular moment, but how do we continue to evolve to present ourselves on all of these new platforms that are emerging. Um, so again, it's a lot of time and energy and expertise that goes into it. Um, you know, the Google Analytics, obviously there's a lot of backend data that can be delved into. Uh, but again, it's a lot of time that you can spend either going over numbers and data and, and crunching that information or trying to figure out your next move. So uh, you know, just like anything else in these these times, it's just there's so much information and so much data that it's constantly evolving. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said, you know, it takes so much time. And I really appreciate hearing that because as you know, you're a business owner and you could be directing your team to do lots of different things on a daily basis. Um, and I think a lot of businesses maybe don't understand or appreciate necessarily the time commitment to engage in all the different marketing tactics that you've already outlined. So how, you know, when you think about the priorities for your staff and your own time, you know, where does, how much goes into marketing versus the other factors that are involved in, you know, your merchandising and product collection and all the other things that you have to do to keep your business going? Sure. So, so sales and revenue obviously is a top priority, right? Without that money coming in, it's hard to um, prioritize other things. So uh, our staff knows that, you know, their, their number one job is to meet and greet people coming through, meet and greet people out in the neighborhood, uh, meet and greet people in their everyday lives and uh, engage in conversation which is a part of marketing, <clears throat> uh, but you know, however we can get sales uh, in a positive light, that's our main priority. After that, you know, marketing is how we continue to engage and interact with people. And so um, there are times of year where we'll dedicate you know, a full day to planning out our budget perhaps for our TV advertising or an entire day to figure out you know, how are we gonna have some of our advertising be in concert uh, with each other on multiple platforms, be it uh, you know TV, radio, uh, print ads, that it's a consistent message across all those things uh, simultaneously or in semi-concert. Um, and there's days that we don't do any marketing whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and we try to counterbalance those with uh, examples like we did uh, just a few days ago where we had our first batch of tennis balls come in. You know, why do we do tennis balls? Because we had a thousand people coming in from Quincy uh, that were playing tennis up that kept asking for them. So uh, we, we brought the uh, the order in, the data arrived, we did a post on Google, we did a post on uh, Instagram story, Facebook, uh, and Twitter, just announcing the fact that we had it. Uh, and, and that was, uh, you know, 
pretty instantaneous and and uh, but fun. And then the result was that out of our first order, we sold twenty percent of it in the first two days. So uh, it, it really fluctuates. I, obviously, being a small business and and trying to prioritize on a day to day basis. Uh, but you know, there are days we definitely sit down and and you know look over everything that we're doing and say, you know, how can we do this more efficiently? How can we do it better? Um, but you know, how can we also have fun with it and be kind of instantaneous? So Eric, being in retail, it can often be a crowded market. Have you seen other retailers do anything that was a little cringeworthy to you that you didn't agree with? Um, you know, this past year, I think everybody did what they felt they had to do to survive. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that anybody did anything cringeworthy. Um, there were obviously, you know, some elements that, that you know, I, I personally have not done. Um, I, I think some companies did things in haste uh, or out of desperation, which maybe is not always the best catalyst for presenting yourself in a good light. Uh, but you can't place blame because of the interesting situation that we were in. Uh, I, I think you're starting to see that people are taking their time now and, and recreating or rebranding um, their retail markets to you know, navigate our, our current situation, uh, which is what we're, we're doing as well. Um, so we, we did a lot of videos. We did, uh, you know, again, a lot of posts. We, we emailed customers. We you know, talked on the phone with a lot of folks. So we, we took a different approach to, to marketing and advertising, which is what I think uh, a lot of similar stores to us did as well, from what I hear. Um, you know, again, it, it's uh, I, I wouldn't want to uh, you know, downplay anybody's efforts in the past year. I, I think everybody was courageous for whatever they presented of themselves. And I, I think you're starting to see people get more online with um, either their, their traditional approach or some varied uh, some variation of uh, their traditional approach. So let's talk about just the last 12 months in the pandemic and how so many people did have to pivot their marketing. Um, what did you see that you wouldn't have done yourself? And what did you do to keep the doors open? Sure. So we uh, were deemed essential and were never shut down through the past 12 months. Um, we did obviously see a drop off in people coming through the doors and a drop off in online sales, especially initially. Um, but we made a very concerted effort to use that time to really engage one-on-one -on -one with a lot of our customer base. And so we did FaceTime calls, we you know, did traditional phone calls, we emailed, we texted, uh, you know, engaged on social media and, and really just spent the opportunity um, to, to get to know our customer base better, right? How are you doing? How's your family doing? What are you guys up to? Uh, and then uh, our, our marketing effort in that time frame was, we understand that things are crazy now. When you're ready, we'll be here for you, right? People will get back out again as we're starting to see going into the spring. Uh, and what's nice is the customers that we really spent the time to, to get to know better uh, are the ones that are really spreading the word. And, and word of mouth goes a far away, especially you know, in the community. Uh, and so a lot of folks that come through, you know, are, are informing us. They heard about us through a friend of theirs or through a neighbor of theirs, uh, or they'd heard about us from a friend and then they saw our commercial and that reminded them, uh, excuse me, to, to come in. So, uh, 
Um, again, it's it's a little out of the ordinary. I don't think on a, any other previous year that we had taken that direct route to, to touch base one-on-one -on -one with our customers, um, but it's something that we've tried to continue with, right? And so not everybody has time for a half hour or hour meeting, but they have time for a two-minute phone call, you know, hey, just checking in on you. You know, how's the baseball team doing? How's the scout uh, troop doing? Uh, you know, how's your how's your company doing? Are you, you, you getting back to work or you know, getting out traveling? You know, what's what's the future look like? So it's it's been a much more personal dynamic. Eric, who was who in your in your organization were making those phone calls or having those conversations? Is it you or is it your whole team? Uh, so I'll, I'll do a lot of them, but um, our manager, John, has been excellent. It's uh, you know, very engaging via email, via phone. Um, Phil is here quite a bit. That again, he's been emailing and, and talking to folks as well. Dee has been here. Um, so, you know, our, our core staff is really the identifiable personalities in our store. Uh, although we're very fortunate that most of our staff has been here for a long time, even the part-timers. Um, so again, we, we want to use, uh, the, the people from our store that are most recognizable to our customer base. Okay. Well, so let me ask you a little bit different question because you have, um, you've touched on a lot of tactics. I mean, you've really, the whole gamut, it's, you've done guerrilla marketing, you've done print radio, uh, you know, social media, you, you've, you've mentioned like the whole toolkit in our conversation already, but can you recall a time or anything that you've tried that just bombed? It, you, you didn't get an ROI that you had hoped for, or you're off base with your messaging, like, you know, tell, if you have anything like that to share. Sure. Um, so we, we I, I wouldn't say it bombed, but we tried something out of the ordinary for us, which was a promotion on a local radio station for a hundred dollar gift certificate. Again, times were slow. Um, and I think we, we missed the mark a little bit with the audience, the primary audience of that particular station. Um, the idea was to sort of introduce or reintroduce our brand to, uh, I guess, a a younger dynamic than we normally market to, uh, to see if we could boost more online sales, to see if we could boost more interaction on our social media. Um, it was a decent response. It wasn't a great response. You know, not a whole lot of people said that they heard it, um, but it, it may be something, you know, just because it was new for us that we'll delve into again and see if repetition is more of a success or see if one of the sister brands on the radio station uh, is more in line with our particular demographic. Um, yeah, we're always willing to try new things. And uh, the fact that we've been here for so many years, I, it's hard to point to, to one particular thing and just say, let's never do that again. Uh, I, I think it's more just a matter of, of trying to tweak and prioritize. Eric, I want to pivot a bit and talk about the community and cause marketing. Have you incorporated incorporated any cause marketing into your strategy? And, and can you tell us about what that might've looked like? Absolutely. So we are very involved in the community overall and, and love um, you know, all the causes that we work with, uh, some new, some on a continued basis. Um, very, very active with the schools. Uh, and traditionally, uh, a lot of schools have asked small businesses for you know, gift certificates or products uh, to use as fundraisers. 
And uh, we've really used this year as an opportunity to uh, engage in conversations with some of the PTAs and schools and, and really, you know, question not, um, not necessarily the, the end game, but, you know, how can you use a small business more efficiently, right? Is a, a $30 uh, item or gift certificate or a $100 item or gift certificate really going to be a benefit? You know, is that money going to be used towards a big box or a uh, you know, pizza buy, not that that would really happen this year. Um, and so the conversation we've had is, you know, what is it that you're raising money for? Uh, and how can we help provide that at a cost that's more efficient? Um, so that's been kind of an exciting new way of, uh, of marketing for us. Um, we've uh, participated in the, the Jen Bush Lawson fashion show this year. Uh, again, awesome cause. The Lawson's come in here uh, all the time. Great local family. Um, they usually have a 5K and they tried something new this year. Uh, so, again, the, the initial response when they said fashion show, we're like, you know, we're an outdoor store. How are we going to engage and interact with that? But uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, John and I made a video together. Uh, my son edited, put the music in, the graphics in. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of put it out there for people. It was, again, a, a great cause, a great local fundraiser. You know, how, how could we help? Let's try something new. Um, we, uh, recently sponsored, um, I'm trying to think that things on an annual basis, the 9-11 5k, uh, again, something near and dear to our heart, right? I mean, this is, uh, the Pentagon was right in our backyard. My dad was right on 395 at Ridge road when the Pentagon got hit. Um, we work a lot with local law enforcement. And so traditionally we have a, a table and booth out there. Uh, you know, we, we want to support um, everybody in our community, especially those who, uh, you know, help protect us and, and uh, support us as well. Um, scouts traditionally have fundraisers for Girl Scouts. We, we must get asked a thousand times a year, you know, will you buy Girl Scout cookies from us? And of course, we would love to buy Girl Scout cookies from all thousand scouts that come through. Uh, but the past few years, we've turned it around and, and made it more of a competition, right? So, uh, one year we said, you know, how can you build something out of cookie boxes, kind of like Legos, right? And we'll judge that. Or how can you incorporate the names of Girl Scout cookies to match something that identifies with your troop? Um, so again, it's a great way for kids to start to think about uh, not just the sales perspective, but how to be more creative. Um, I'm trying to think. We, we have dealt with, um, you know, Arlington Little League, Arlington Babe Ruth, um, Arlington Travel Baseball, Arlington Youth Lacrosse, um, you know, the, the Arlington Optimists. It's, uh, we, we really try to participate actively in our community. And uh, that's something genuine because those are the people that we see on an everyday basis and that we interact with when we're outside of the walls of this store. So, uh, you know, we had a phenomenal opportunity to even uh, clothe and outfit a uh, Arlington County police officer's house burned down. Uh, you know, I was I was honored they came into our store to consider us for, you know, for, for a donation like that. I was ha happy to do that. Uh, but those are the sort of engagements that, you know, for us are on a, a personal level uh, that we want to be able to, to help those around us. Uh, so Ace Band, we collect four on a continuous basis. I mean, there's a pile of clothes that we, we donate just about every month. You know, take the kids out to AFAC, right? I mean, again, the, the kids we met there, um, you know, the families we met there you know, come in the store. The people that help out on a daily basis come in the store. So, uh, you know, it goes back to Sesame Street, right? These are the people in your neighborhood. So uh, that's how we want to engage and interact.
I, I love everything you just shared, Eric, because I mean, I think we share a very similar philosophy of, of you know, engaging in an authentic way in the community that you're, that is serving you and your business too. Um, I, I just would be curious, you know, it sounds like a lot of these associations with the in sponsorships have grown organically over the longevity of the business, but are there, are there other organizations or businesses in the community that you look to as, as another, uh, maybe mentor or others who've shown this type of leadership that you admire or you would want to emulate on a bigger scale if if you were that type of brand? Absolutely. Arlington is such an active community and has a phenomenal um, range of small business owners. Uh, and I think we, we rely on each other. We, we tend to engage a fair amount. I mean, I talked to um, you know, the folks at the Italian store all the time. I talked to uh, TriVista uh, USA all the time. I talked to um, uh, Fireworks. I talked to uh, the guys at Wilson, Rocklands. Um, and I, I think that, you know, a lot of these uh, small business owners take the same approach that we do where, you know, how can we participate in our community? And then, you know, the, the sales and revenue based on that is kind of a, a bonus. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I tend to talk to more small business owners than larger businesses, just because I think that we're on the, you know, more of a, a similar playing level. Um, you know, of course, I, I would love to be able to, you know, do something phenomenal like uh, like Nestle, you know, had offered to, to donate a pallet of water for an event that we were trying to put together. I mean, it was an amazing gesture that, that uh, you know, we had contacted um, uh, Arlington Magazine, uh, Greg over there to to get a contact at Nestle. Uh, he put us in touch with somebody who puts in touch with somebody else. The event never took place. But, you know, the fact that we wanted to, to purchase these. And they offered to provide it, you know, as goodwill for a local community. That's awesome. I mean, that's a connection that uh, you know I never would have made had I not you know, known Greg at Arlington Magazine or, or you know some of the other contacts through um, the Chamber of Commerce. Um, you know, are there big scale productions that you know have races all through the spring summer? Yeah, I mean, those are phenomenal organizations, and I'm I'm glad that there's companies like you know General Dynamics that are right across the street that participate actively. Pacers does an awesome job. Uh, putting on their events and, you know, another local chain. Um, so I, again, I think everybody's trying to do their part to, to make this, uh, you know, a pleasant community to live in and, and, a, and a fun one to participate in. Um, but on a, again, on personal engagement, I, I tend to interact more with the smaller stores that are on our scale. Eric, have you had an aha moment in your career, either just in business in general or specifically to marketing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when we were first developing our second website, um, right, the sky was the limit. We were creating this amazing platform. We were going to take over, uh, you know, the, the outdoor retail space. And um, the aha moment was that, you know, a lot of time and effort and money goes into creating a platform like that and a website like that. And so once we started looking at the data, we realized that like 80 some odd percent of our orders were from within 10 miles of our store. And so um, the people that were engaging with our website were uh, you know, local folks that wanted to support us or weren't able to come into the store for any given reason. 
Um, or were customers that had lived here for a certain amount of time and had moved away and still wanted to support us. And so we completely changed our approach from the sky is the limit to back to a, a local um, uh, force that, you know, we can, all we need to do is concentrate on our niche in our geographical area. And again, anything above and beyond that is just icing on the cake. That's great. It sort of goes to the, you know, um, there, there's, there's, and this is like, a, you know, competitors always worry, like, is there enough for me? Is it in, and what I'm hearing you say is, you know, our community is strong. Our community loves what you, what you're serving them. And there's enough business to be had doing what you do best instead of trying to be all things to, to everybody potentially outside and really right. being that local that you, you've really perfected. Yeah, and, and I think you know customers really appreciate when um, we don't have something and refer them to another store that uh, we know will take as good a care of them as we do. Uh, so mm -hmm. District Angler, for example, you know, just a mile or two down the street, right, specializes in fly fishing. I can't tell you how many customers we send there and they send to us, and uh, people come back and say, "Hey, you know, thanks for the recommendation." Uh, so you can't be all things to all people all the time. Um, but you can be a, a lot of things to a lot of people uh, close by. Well, so let me just ask you, because um, now you've got, you've got uh, some longevity under your belt running Casual Adventure. You know, if you could go back and give yourself some marketing, marketing advice, you know, when you took over the reins of the business, mm -hmm. uh, what do you wish you knew on day one that you've had to learn? Uh, I, I think having a clear idea of what your store does uh, and being able to convey that to people is of most importance. Um, when I first came on, a lot of people just referred to us as, you know, mom and pop outdoor shop. It's great, but it really doesn't convey everything that we do. And so, um, you know, coming through, again, so many years before me, uh, and having to rely on the previous generations, not that there wasn't a, a concise image of who we were, but I think to, to be able to vocalize that more clearly is, is probably of most importance. So Eric, before we go, this is your chance to brag and tell our listeners if they've never walked into casual adventure or gone onto your website, um, why should they, why, why go to casual adventure over one of the bigger brands? Sure. So hopefully, you know, this interview in its entirety is uh, good enough to introduce you, not just to uh, myself as an individual, but you know, what it is that we stand for here in Arlington and our community. So yes, we are uh, a specialty outdoor store, right? We have adventure travel, we have scouts, we have uh, sporting goods and we have military tactical. Those are our four branches. Um, know that every dollar that you spend here goes back into our community. Um, you know, we support a lot of local organizations and we're happy to do such. Um, we're always out uh, and about listening to new ideas, trying to engage, interact with new people. Uh, and I think one of the most phenomenal elements of our store is that we tend to know a lot of our customers by name as they know us. Uh, we know their dogs' names, their kids' names, right? We see them out on the trails. Uh, usually I know the dog and kids' names before I know your name, so I apologize for that. Uh, but it's, it's kind of like you know, uh, one of our, our previous managers said, uh, it's like cheers without the beer. So it's a great place to hang out, have fun, um, but it's also a great selection of all the products you need to get outside. 
That's that's really awesome, Eric. This has been super enlightening um, and fun to hear so much of your insight and story. Um, I think I, we just, I love, and I think Heather agrees with me that quote, cheers without the beer is just perhaps the name of uh, another campaign that you could run. Um, before we leave, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and the store uh, online and in, in real life? Sure. So our physical address is 3451 Washington Boulevard, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. Uh, we're right next to uh, Rockland's Barbecue and across the street from Giant Food, not too far from WL and Quincy Park. Online, you can find us at casualadventure.com, Facebook slash casualadventure. Uh, Instagram is casual underscore underscore adventure. And our Twitter, hand, our Twitter handle is uh, at VA casual ADV. Something that, you know, a little out of the ordinary, but it was available and we started it years ago. So that's what we've continued with. Well, uh, that's great. We'll have, we'll have live links to all of, all of those um, digital platforms too uh, on our site. With this. So, I know, I enjoyed it. Heather, uh, Heather's nodding, smiling in agreement. We really appreciate your time here today, Eric, and to all people listening for taking the time and sharing the show more. Thank you. And thanks for all you guys are doing for the Biz community. Really appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll come back. Subscribe to the M Word wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more uncensored conversations, visit the M Word page at arlingtonstrategy.com.